Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podiman, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Amazon Music, <laughs> Double Twist. You could go on forever. It's on most of the podcasting applications you can imagine out there. Maybe Anchor someday or whatever. Who knows? There's a billion podcasts but I, uh, applications, but I figured I'd mention them. Crazy game today for the Minnesota Vikings. One of those uh, second half games, so I'm recording this whole thing in one shot rather than a little short segment and then uh, the short first segment. Not short, but first segment and then the rest of it while watching Sunday Night Football. Sunday Night Football football is flashing in the background. Christmas tree is up. Two little two Christmas trees in the apartment this year. We got the cute little one in the bedroom. I just got this year and now the main one here in the living room in the Golden Valley apartment. It's pretty much Christmas season now. Welcome to Thanksgiving week and Got the Game & Watch, uh, Nintendo, Super Mario Brothers staring me right in the eye. Gotta love that. It's like a little fun Christmas present I got myself a couple days ago, or last Monday. Uh, lots of fun. Re- recommended, recommended. And we'll see what happens if we can hack it and add some more games to it. But uh, nobody said that out loud, did they? Whatever. Uh, yeah, let's get to the... That was the fun part of the show. The rest of it, we'll see what happens. Minnesota today, well, the offense played well, and uh, the defense not so much. The special teams not really at all, and and bogus bullcrap penalties lead to a 31-28 loss to Andy Dalton. That's right, Andy Dalton played again, and the Dallas Cowboys in U.S. Bank Stadium. Well, what else is new? I mean, every time you get your hopes up with the Minnesota Vikings, what happens? You know, they win a couple of games in a row. You have a home game against the Cowboys. I mean, I mean, I mean, there's no way you're going to lose to the Cowboys. I mean, they have the fourth-string quarterback out there. The team's quitting on McCarthy. And, and the, you know, they just suck, and they're going to give up on the season. Yeah, but they have really good wide receivers, and they still have Ezekiel Elliott, even though we shut him down pretty good last year. We did not shut down Ezekiel Elliott this year. We, we just didn't. And then stupid idiot penalties. And two guys with the name Chris, one with a K, one with a C, to start their names. I just, Wow. I kind of like Chris Boyd until today. I kind of liked him. Kind of. Kind of like Chris Boyd until today. And Chris Jones, I'm, I don't know who that is. Maybe he was like a running back uh, in a different generation or something. I think there was a running back years ago named Chris Jones. But uh, the one we saw today, you know, he got one tackle and one play where he didn't even try against Zeke, uh, not Zeke Elliott, but the other running back for the Dallas Cowboys as they ran for 180 yards today and killed the Vikings. That was Tony Pollard. And then reverse play to C.D. Lamb that cost us a bit, too. And uh, Well, Andy Dalton was pretty accurate. Kirk Cousins was very, very accurate. He had a perfect quarterback rating all the way until the final drive of the fourth quarter. And, well, that's when we were actually trailing again. And Vikings end up losing. It's just uh, disgusting. But what else is new under the sun? That's just great. Right when uh, Jill Johnson was the only guy to get a sack in the game, I thought the Vikings were probably going to win the game. We followed that with a worthless, worthless three and out. And a punt that just—I don't know what happened. I mean, it wasn't his fault. Just, just uh, special teams in general was really lousy that I, uh, they weren't able to keep it in the twenty. Maybe it was a bad bounce or something. But Britton Colquitt was actually quite awesome, quite frankly. He had a fifty-nine yard long, and a fifty-one point three average. Only punted three times. That shows how efficient the Vikings' offense was today, and it was. The Vikings' secondary, not so much. They had some moments, and they didn't have some moments. Uh, Chris Boyd, five tackles, but multiple penalties in this game that would have you want to break the TV screen. It was that frustrating. Oh, DJ Wanham wished he could have got in there for another one of those sacks. 
at some point, particularly in that drive that led to the Cowboys' uh, lead. Just didn't happen, did it? How many times did the Cowboys convert in fourth down today that just had you, again, want to break the TV screen? It was just mind-numbing. I hated it. I think everybody hated it. Everybody hated it so much and made us all sick. Again, Kirk Cousins, 140.7 quarterback rating. You really can't complain about him, even though the final drive, just magically, of course, he didn't get it done. Of course, it didn't happen. Just magically didn't help that uh, Justin Jefferson dropped an easy one. That would have kept the drive going right away. It was the first play of the entire drive, and that was a <clears throat> sign like, oh boy, here we go. After he dropped that, watch, everything else is just going to derail and go down the toilet, and of course it did. Of course it did. Nothing else happened. It's disgusting and frustrating, but uh, again, fun game to watch, sure. Nice to see the offense and him stealing back-to-back weeks. A spectacular uh, one-handed grab. This one was actually more spectacular, I'd have to say. In Adam Thielen's case, he was great. There was a couple plays where he probably could have gotten a penalty from the refs. A little help would have been nice, but it just didn't happen. 51-yard play along the way was great. 39-yard play from Justin Jefferson. Too bad he didn't catch the other one. Would have put him in the century mark. And uh, my prediction would have been accurate. Cook, again, proving what he is. The most valuable player on the roster. Is he the Fran Tarkington award winner for today? Maybe. He actually did just fine. It's just that when he wasn't in the equation out there, in the final drive, it just shows, again, you can't keep the defense honest without Delvin Cook out there. Alexander Madison was only given the ball once, and it was a pretty efficient play that helped lead to a score later on. Six-yard play in the uh, in the red zone there, on, you know, when it was first and goal. It was actually a really good play. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, the catch he made for the touchdown, good Lord, I, I thought that ball was overthrown. I mean, I thought it was overthrown. There was no way he was going to catch it. And then it's just like, go-go gadget arms or something. I'm not sure what. Or Spider-Man. I don't know what. Is it Spider-Man? Is it go-go gadget? Or is it just CeeDee Lamb making a great play? Uh, kind of diving backwards. It wasn't quite Willie Mays or anything, but maybe it was. Just a different sport, I guess. And he caught it. And I couldn't believe it. Again, Adam Thielen a few plays or you know, later on in the game. Not too much later on in the game. Made his spectacular play as well. He had two touchdowns in the game. Did Adam Thielen, 123 yards, 11 targets, 8 overall receptions. Too bad Justin Jefferson again could not bring that one down. That was heartbreaking. Cook 49 yards receiving with that catch and scamper screen play. This and that. Irv Smith just not involved as much as you'd like. Uh, they're just not finding a way. Uh, Ola B.C. Johnson had a moment where he looked like he had made a huge gigantic play. He ends up being flagged for a stupid idiot uh, face mask play after the catch was made, after he'd made the first down, and then he grabs the guy's face mask. I don't know what he was thinking. I mean, what's the point? The guy was like like three times his size, and it was like a defensive end there making the play. And you grab his face mask, come on, Johnson, and then he wasn't in the game pretty much after that, if I remember correctly. I don't think he played again after that. You got to see old Don Beebe, I mean Chad Beebe out there. Would have been nice to have Don. But it was Chad. Oh, boy. Oh, mm. ah, heartbreaking. But uh, the offense was fun to watch. It was. Uh, and we also got a moment or two where we thought special teams was going to redeem themselves a little bit with the block punt. That was pretty cool. Brocking Greg Zerline's uh, extra point, the, the, this, uh, this and that. You had the uh, fake punt, a perfect pass. Perfect pass from Britain, Britain Colquitt to a uh, overly excited as Phil Mackey would say. 
Chris Boyd, way too excited. He didn't even get set. He was just going, hey, I'm already, I'm open, I'm open. I mean, he was basically giving the play away. It's amazing he was as open as he was when he's waving for the ball before the ball was snapped. Like, hey, I got a big old hole. Give it up, give it up. You might as well just put a flag out there and say they're giving me the ball or a target. But it was still a perfect pass, still a great catch. And guess what? He wasn't set, so he was in illegal motion, illegal shift, illegal whatever it was. It was illegal. And again, what the hell are you doing, Chris Boyd? Earlier on, when it looked like the Dallas Cowboys, the receiving team, had an illegal block in the back. No, Chris Boyd was the player. Number 29. There were two 29s right by each other. Chris Boyd and the Cowboys 29. And it ended up being Chris Boyd with the illegal block in the back. It's just... <laughs> ah, it's just great. Chris Boyd, thank you very much. And then Chris Jones, whoever the hell that is. I guess we, we got him from Arizona. Undrafted free agent last season with the Arizona Cardinals. And now with Minnesota, I guess, for a couple hours. Maybe that's it after that play. I wouldn't be surprised. And I guess uh, Marijuana, uh, Mr. Maloof, I think his job is in major jeopardy as well uh, at the end of this day. I, there's a big, big chance that uh, his job is, that he's as soon as gone. Uh, Maloof, the special teams coordinator, is frustrated as he got with Prefer at times. Not about his politics necessarily, unless you did get mad about that. Politics, I tried to stay away from that when it comes to that. Um, I don't even know why I even mentioned that. But um, it wasn't even politics. He just said something people didn't like. That's all it was. It wasn't even a political thing. He just was running his mouth a little bit. Um, but as frustrated as we may have gotten with Prever at times, this new guy doesn't look like he's going to cut it for this club or just for whatever reason, they're screwing him over. Chris Boyd, legal block in the back, and then the, we got... Every time there's a fake punt the other way, they convert it. Every time. And when we ever try to get any... Uh, we ever try to get creative and do something good, something happens. Like, somebody's illegal down the field or something. Like, I remember years ago, that's what it was. There was an illegal receiver down the field. Because I think it was Eddie Johnson? No. This was Mitch Berger way back in the day. He was trying to throw the ball to, like, an offensive lineman who was wide open, who wasn't an eligible receiver. So it's like every time there's an opportunity for something, it's an illegal play. Uh, I think only once it was Eddie Johnson who actually just kept the ball, and it wasn't an intended fake play. It just ended up that way because he had to move. He didn't have time to punt it. It would have been blocked, so he ran for a touchdown. That was pretty cool, actually. But uh, later the next year, he ended up getting cut, if I remember correctly. He did some kind of mistake. Poor guy. Uh, don't wish uh, anybody to get cut, but maybe maybe you do after today. Maybe Chris Boyd. I don't know. And, you know, he's a decent cornerback. He's, he's held his own out there. But today, I mean, the tackling on the running backs was awful. Uh, and, I don't know, Andy Dalton just kind of carved us up like a Christmas ham, didn't he? Wouldn't you say he did? Obviously, they have good receivers. They have talented players on the Cowboys. It wasn't their fourth-string quarterback out there. Andy Dalton's a starting quarterback in the NFL. He is. Not a very good one, but he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. He's, he's, he's you know, a Kirk Cousins of the uh, AFC, I guess, without as big of an arm, maybe. That's about it. Um, he was kind of the Kirk Cousins for the Arizona, or excuse me, the Cincinnati Bengals for about 10 years there, about eight years, I guess. I don't know what else to say. Just stupid, stupid penalties ended up costing the Vikings in a game we should have won easily, I think. Even with the good receivers, even with the great play by C.D. Lamb, there were a couple of uh, creative plays, ones that ended up uh, being big, ended up helping the Cowboys get three first downs and such, Ezekiel Elliott and all that. 
just couldn't tackle Ezekiel Ayla when you needed to get the tackles. And obviously Pollard just ran right through us for a touchdown right up the middle. Terrible tackling by Minnesota. And it was in multiple occasions throughout the game. So I don't know what else to say other than we just got beat by a team that we, you know, they have talented players, but I think the Vikings should have beat this team today. They should have, and they didn't. That's just all there is to say. Great plays by these wide receivers, all of them. Uh, Gallup, Cooper, and Lamb, big plays. Even Dalton Schultz had a big uh, first down, or a big had the touchdown part of I me. Mean, he was just left wide open. Um, it was a switch play where basically it was supposed to be Cam Dantzler again. Again, another rookie mistake situation where Harrison Smith had shifted over and Dantzler didn't move, didn't shift back over to uh, cover Dalton Schultz. So you can imagine uh, Harrison Smith saying, Cameron, cover your bleeping man once again. So that's just how that goes sometimes. And <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. That was on, That was a very frustrating play that left us all kind of thinking, oh my god, we're going to find a way to lose this one, aren't we? Because our defense just couldn't get the job done. But hey, we got Kirk Cousins on the other side having a game of his life again. He's had a couple of good games. Uh, conservative offense style, but still very, very efficient. A very efficient conservative style that's helped the Vikings win a lot of games and had Kirk Cousins with a perfect quarterback rating and three touchdowns. Who's to say Kirk Cousins can't march this team down the field with over a minute remaining and at least one timeout? And it didn't happen. <laughs> it just didn't happen. Very, very heartbreaking. Too many mental errors, too many dumbass mistakes in this game, quite frankly, and that's why you lose a game like this. <clears throat> when you can't, and just poor execution. You can't make the big tackles when you need to. You can't get the, you know, you can't get the big stop when you need it. And I don't know, what else is there to say? What else is there to say? Uh, <clears throat> And obviously, again, Justin Jefferson, man, that was kind of a choke. You, you wish you could catch that, but I mean, I'm not going to bash on Justin Jefferson too much, but it was a play that should have been made. Uh, Chris Boyd also had a sure interception that would have ended the game in the end zone before, before Dalton Schultz was able to bring that sucker in. Dalton and Dalton. It was the Dalton and Dalton connection. The only guy missing is Timothy Dalton. He's the, he's the new James Bond. No, he was James Bond in the late 80s, I think. Late 80s, early 90s, kind of about then. <laughs> best era for video games in my opinion but that's just my opinion um oh bummer yeah the noise is back right <laughs> but no uh well cj ham i thought he was gonna miss this week with corona maybe he came back negative or something so that's good glad he was out there he actually returned he actually had a return on one of the plays because the ball went to him he actually returned at 21 yards pretty impressive for a fullback and K.J. Osborne there is just no life. It's another one. He's a guy we had a little bit of hope in, maybe like a Chris Boyd, and you're coming back thinking there's not a whole lot of hope there. I like K.J. Osborne coming into this draft and coming into the season and all that, and I don't think anybody's a fan of his right now, and that's too bad. Maybe the uh, maybe the Indianapolis Colts would give us uh, Naheem Hines after we fire Maloof. Maybe that's going to be the case, but... Don't be surprised if Maloof is not the coach next time I do the show next week. We'll just see what happens when it comes to that. But uh, odds are Maloof will not be the uh, special teams coordinator or special teams coach or special teams uh, mess up for the Minnesota Vikings next week. 
It is kind of odd, though, that we didn't mix it up a little bit with Alexander Madison during the game, but I suppose it was kind of a back-and-forth seesaw battle throughout the day. Las Vegas and Kansas City in the background. Vegas leading Kansas City 14-7. to That's pretty cool. We'll monitor that during the course of the show today. The Fran Tarkington for this episode... Adam Thielen had it in the bag, and I think he probably still should. I, I think, yeah, I'm going to still give it to Adam Thielen. I mean, Kirk Cousins almost stole it away. If he would have driven this team down the field, maybe he would have thrown it to Adam Thielen anyway. Or maybe him and Justin Jefferson would have hooked up or something big. But that 39-yard touchdown was a thing of beauty with Justin Jefferson. Just a perfect play right over the guy's shoulder where only Justin Jefferson can get it. And to catch it in stride. He'd beaten his man. It was a great play. Not quite Moss-like, but, hey, you know, closest thing to Moss right now. No question about that. Uh, but Tarkington Award today is Adam Thielen. He had his best game as a Vi- uh, best game this season, i got to think, with the Vikings. And he's bringing home his first Tarkington of this year, I believe. And again, Kirk Cousins' honorable mention until the final drive. He was just perfect out there. And all the respect in the world for him. Great game at the end of the day. He even ran for a first down. He even ran for a first down, which is great, but he did get strip-sacked very, very early in the game, which helped Dallas score early and get their first touchdown and their uh, extra point blocked. The Christian Pond Memorial is going to both of the Chris's. Chris Jones for literally just like passing on a tackle, literally passing on a play, just like, nope, I'll pass. He, he swiped left on the play. If you want to go with Tinker or whatever the heck everything is, I guess it's swipe left on most things on your phone and you're just saying no. Like, nope, I'm going to hang up on this person. I'm going to hang up and cancel this call or whatever the heck. He, he canceled on that one. So they're probably going to swipe left on him tomorrow, maybe. We'll see what happens, but I think I would after a play like that. If this was the preseason, he would have been cut on the spot, pretty much. <clears throat> I think Chris Boyd would have been in big trouble as well. Um, but uh, the Christian Potter Memorial is going to both Boyd and Chris Jones, Chris Boyd and Chris Jones for today's show. Minnesota Vikings will host Teddy Bridgewater and the Carolina Panthers as long as he's healthy and ready to play next week. Vikings success rate against Carolina has been pretty good, except when we needed... You know, did, did, did you ever notice that with the Vikings every year? You dominate a team even when they're better than you in certain years. But then the year when you're super good and you need this win to secure home field throughout the playoffs to get you to the Super Bowl and you effing blow it. That's pretty much what happened in 2009 and that's what happened in 2017. Sounds about right. So we'll probably beat the Panthers now to help us get to 7-9, and 8-8 eight and eight on the season. Meaningful. Meaningful stuff. Very meaningful to get to 7-9 and nine and 8-8. Eight and eight, but that's great. At least we won't be 3-13 and 13 and get a higher draft pick, but Oh, goody. We can feel good about ourselves for missing the playoffs with a better record than whatever. So, at the end of the day, the best thing to do now is <laughs> take a quick break, and we'll talk about the Carolina Panthers and look around the league, including this Vegas and Kansas City matchup. Looks like the Kansas City Chiefs are on the verge of tying this up with their touchdown, Edwards of the Lair, with uh, old Dr. Robotnik over there. Uh, Andy Reid of the Kansas City Chiefs. Dr. Robotnik, Sonic the Hedgehog, you know, the bad guy with the red shirt and the big, big mustache and the red, you know, the red mustache and everything. It's Andy Reid. It's the same guy. Yep, yeah, it's the same guy. Andy Reid is in Sonic the Hedgehog. Yep, he just wasn't on the Chiefs yet. He was, I forget what team he was uh, an assistant coach for. It might have been the Eagles. I don't know. No, I think it was the Green Bay back in the day. Who cares? Screw it. Congratulations, Chiefs. Uh, Maybe you'll repeat this year, but (laughs) we'll see what happens with that. We'll take a quick break and 
look across the league and preview the Carolina Panthers. We are back here on Purple Mafia. Time to look across the league and, of course, preview Carolina coming up. Hopefully, Teddy Bridgewater is ready to go. A lot of people think he's going to roll all over us, but, yeah, I don't know. Not, not many of us having a ton of confidence right now. Uh, let's look at the Thursday night game this past week. Seattle versus Arizona. Seattle ended up taking this one away. It looked like Kyler Murray was going to lead his club to victory, but it just did not work out. Seattle's defense came through, believe it or not down the stretch. It was the, lead, the legion of sometimes. The legion of, eh, I'm not going to call them anything. They just were, they showed up when they needed to, I guess, and ended up winning the game. And now they're back in first place in the NFC West after being in third place last week. And Arizona trading plays with Seattle from first to third. They dropped a 6-4, and 28-21. Murray and Wilson, a lot of people would tell you Murray was actually more efficient than Wilson, but at the end of the day, Wilson was a little more clutch and slightly more efficient. A lot of them, their numbers unbelievably similar. Murray actually had more yards. And they both threw two touchdowns. Neither one of them had an interception. They both sacked three times. That's kind of funny. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, it was the week before, made an unbelievable play against the Buffalo Bills. Unbelievable in this game. It just wasn't there. Though him and Fitzgerald, very, very solid in the game. Uh, solid, but not great. Definitely a... Uh, it was almost like Seattle's defense kind of was kind of back at it again. I mean, good for them, I suppose. Max Williams, the former gopher tight end, 29 yards and two catches in the game. Good for him, I guess. Yeah, Patrick P- Pat Peterson, one of the best cornerbacks in the in the league. Drake, Kirkpatrick, guys like that, getting the job done for Arizona, keeping Russell Wilson in check. Carlos Dunlap with a couple of sacks helped Seattle wrap up the game with that pass rush down the stretch, which helped... Uh, put the Seattle Seahawks back in first place. But uh, home field advantage is still in doubt when you have Green Bay and uh, New Orleans. New Orleans just keeps rolling, believe it or not, as things keep moving there. But uh, very pivotal game there in the NFC West. Crucial. One of these two teams is probably going to win the division, unless maybe the Rams just just somehow, some way come out on top. Because it isn't going to be the San Francisco 49ers. They're probably going to be riding the pine this year. Maybe they'll be looking at a new quarterback of the future at the end of the day, even though their record is kind of, well, it's about the same as ours. Vikings at 4-6 and six right now. Not looking pretty when it comes to any type of a playoff hunt. But really, when you look at the depth, though, throughout the uh, conference, other than Philadelphia sucking, but still leading in their division, even though they lost to Cleveland. My God, that division is awful. I think the Cowboys are ended up winning that division now. If, if Andy Dalton plays anything like he did today, the Cowboys are going to win the NFC East. No question about it. I mean, it was a good signing. It was a damn good signing, especially in a situation when you just had paid Dak Prescott bajillions of dollars. You just never know if there's going to be some kind of freak injury. And uh, Dalton, definitely a nice guy to take over the reins when need be because he's done a pretty good job as the Cowboys quarterback, to be quite honest. He's got two of the wins on his... On his he's got two wins on his belt so far as the Cowboys quarterback in their three-win season. So let's look at the Cleveland Cavalier Browns. They are Cavalier, all right. They beat Philadelphia 22-17 to in a great game. Great game, 22-17. <laughs> Great, uh, but I know I, I'm happy for Vince Germano. I'm glad that they're winning in First Energy Stadium. 
22-17 against the Eagles. Ugh. Carson Wentz. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least they were up 22-10. to Carson Wentz made it close. So the game was not as close as it looked. It's just funny when you think about that. Wentz, uh, the former quarterback of the Eagles. It's not the same guy. Yeah, he's the former Eagles quarterback, if you know what I mean. I'm just saying it already because it's true. <laughs> Baker Mayfield, I don't know what to say that either. That's the one thing when you you know when you get the first pick in the draft, you're not guaranteed a star. I mean, everybody thought Tim Couch was going to be a spectacular quarterback when he was taking over the Cleveland Browns way back at the beginning, and he never did jack. He just never did jack. Within like four or five years, he was back in a Brett Favre in Green Bay and never saw the light of day because Favre never sat out for a second. Maybe he'd get to kneel down a couple times in a blowout, and that's about it. Uh, Jalen Hurts factoring in the rushing, and Jalen Hurts is going to put the Hurts on Wentz in a year or two because, I don't know, Wentz, a couple interceptions against the Cleveland team that's, I don't know, they're okay. They're 7-3, and three, but they're not doing that good. Nick Chubb, awesome day on the ground, but it certainly helped that he had a 54-yard scamper. That brought his average and his total way the heck up. Uh, I don't know. Who are these guys? <laughs> Condro Hodge, Richard Higgins. I guess those are your Cleveland receivers. So much for Jarvis Landry, Kareem Hunt, guys like that. You know, Kareem Hunt's more of a running back, but you get the idea. He's a receiving type of running back, hybrid type, like Christian McCaffrey. Uh, and, of course, again, Odell Beckham's out for the season. Again. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. Anderson Dejo keeps leading the club in tackles, which is kind of funny. But that just means he's getting beat at the end of the day. He's still there. He's still there. Oof, Oliver, Oliver Vernon. Oliver Vernon with three sacks in the game. And Carson Wentz, very impressive. Adrian Claiborne with one and a half. At the end of the day, Fletcher Cox, the best player possibly on Philadelphia on the defensive side. Uh, helping out with uh, Alex Singleton as well, getting a couple of sacks there at the end of the day for the Eagles. But, uh, wow, Vernon with three sacks that helped the Cleveland Browns defeat a pretty crappy Philly team that scored a touchdown late to make the score a little prettier, I guess. New Orleans Saints versus Atlanta. Remember when this matchup was a good one? It was very exciting. Matt Ryan versus Drew Brees and blah, 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 blah. And New Orleans is... And Atlanta are duking it out to, to, for the best team in the NFC, not just the best team in the NFC South. Well, Atlanta's 3-7, and seven and they're way, way gone, and all that good stuff. Matt Ryan was putrid. 48.5 quarterback rating, and, well, maybe there's your quarterback replacement. They didn't exactly put, uh, <laughs> yeah, they didn't exactly put the crab guy in there. Jameis Winston. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill, 233 yards. Very efficient, 109 quarterback rating, no touchdowns. He rushed for 51 yards because that's just what he's wanted to do. Michael Thomas is back. That helps a lot. 104 yards in the air. They did not get in the end zone with the passing game, but they certainly were efficient at the end of the day against an Atlanta defense that's up and down. They have a defensive coach just like they sort of did before. Cameron Jordan, my goodness. Steve Jordan's proud even though he plays a completely different position. Three sacks. Marcus Williams, two sacks. Troy Hendrickson, two sacks. Oh, Matt Ryan. He was sacked eight times in the game. That'll uh, that'll hurt your quarterback rating as well. Not necessarily, but it will. It'll it'll get him messed up. It'll get him flustered. And he threw a couple of interceptions in the game. And Ryan just was not having a good day out there. And Todd Gurley couldn't run at all. Brian Hill couldn't do too much. Of course, they couldn't run the ball a whole lot. They were just in desperation situations. And that's why he had a couple of interceptions for uh, middle-aged Matt Ryan, we'll call him. Now we can't call him young Matt Ryan. Taysom Hill, hey, there you go. Is he the Saints quarterback of the future? He probably should be. 
He probably should be. He's a part of that team. That's why they kept him. That's why they didn't let him go to some other team and have a shot somewhere. He fits that system very well, and I don't know. I guess he's the quarterback of the future for the Saints. He probably is. Washington Golden Gophers versus Cincinnati Bengals. Isn't that exciting football? Washington won their third game of the year. The Bengals dropped to 2-7-1. Uh, every time I look at that record and Philly's record, you think about Cincinnati and Philadelphia tying. Oh, what, what an exciting game that was. You know, you may be better off watching foosball. Seriously, just watching little plastic or wooden figures just flipping around on a board and doing a whole lot of nothing else, maybe kicking a little ball around. That's about it. Uh, it's, it's that entertaining, I guess. It really is. It's terrible. Um, and that's Philly versus Cincinnati. I might like Washington more. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Alex Smith was okay. He was adequate. Joe Burrow, not so great, not so bad, blah, blah, blah. At least he didn't turn the ball over. Alex Smith did. Antonio Gibson, 94 yards in the air. Ay, ay, ay. No, 94 yards on the ground part. I mean, I'm getting him mixed up with someone else. Terry McLaren, McLaurin, 84 yards in the air part. I mean, Tyler Boyd leading the way for Cincy. I don't know. Not a whole lot to say. Just nice to see Washington get another win, I guess. And, uh, well, I don't know what to say, what Washington's going to do. It's going to be a totally different scheme, I'm sure, there. Detroit, Carolina, well, that's definitely the last game to talk about. It's also a division game, so that works out just fine. Pitts and Jacks. Pitt and Jacks. Yep. Pittsburgh is 10-0. and Pittsburgh is 10-0. and They're still moving to that 16-0 and record. Well, maybe it would be fitting. A team with six Super Bowl wins might end up being 16-0 and and winning their seventh. Maybe. Maybe that is what's going to happen. I'm, you know, Jacksonville's awful. And they're 1-9. and and They're the second-worst team in football. And they're just awful. They're just garbage and all that. I mean, Jake Luton was their quarterback today, and he threw four interceptions. 15.5 quarterback rating. What else is there to say? Ben Roethlisberger just kind of was out there casually, I'm sure, taking his time, being careful, this and that, trying not to get hurt, because if he gets hurt, their season's freaking ruined. Because, uh, I don't know, he's having an awesome uh, renaissance, isn't he, this year? You know, years ago, I didn't like Ben Roethlisberger a whole lot. I didn't like the Steelers, but you know what? I'm, they're starting to warm on me a little bit. They're starting to warm on me, so now they'll start sucking, right? Chase Claypool, the fantasy phenom, and obviously great draft pick for Pittsburgh. Just, uh, you know, they're doing a great job. Their defense is excellent. Obviously, they have a defensive head coach who's been there forever. Mike Tomlin, of course, former Minnesota Vikings defensive coordinator. Boy, do we miss him. But uh, he would have been a nice head coach of the Vikings, at least for a little while. Oh, man. Well, they're 10-0. They beat the worst team, or second-worst team in football, 27-3. Let's just move on. Hell with that. Tennessee and Baltimore. Oh, boy. This one went to overtime. Baltimore was doing okay. And then you started to see kind of more just sloppy football by Baltimore. And now they're 6-4 and four on the season. Lamar Jackson's quarterback rating continuing to dip, 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 dip. Ryan Tannehill, very efficient, very solid. You saw him running for a first down and... Despite maybe it would look like a late tackle, he just kind of let that slide off his back. Uh, you know, tackle out of bounds, so to speak. Let that slide off his back, and Tennessee ends up winning versus Baltimore. I remember this game many, many years ago. Great matchup between Baltimore and Tennessee in, in uh, 2000, back when uh, Brian Billick was declaring the winner of this game goes to the Super Bowl and wins it. Actually, wins the Super Bowl. Uh, Tennessee Titans were the defending AFC champs, and it was a divisional round in Tennessee. Baltimore ended up getting the job done, and of course, when Baltimore scored one of their touchdowns late in the game, 
Brian Billick looked right in the stands and yelled, F you. Uh, I tend to go there. I tend to go down memory lane when I see these two teams play again because that was a very memorable football game. It was uh, quite a funny moment because you could read his lips like, you know, you could read his lips like it was like it was nothing. It was like spelled right out for you. Baltimore, though. Tennessee had the last FU in today's game, unfortunately, for the Baltimore Ravens. Second place in the AFC South. AFC South is that good that Tennessee at 7-3, and three, Tennessee at 7-3 and three still has their work cut out for them if they want to win the division, but Tennessee is a legitimate threat in that AFC. Great job, Tennessee. And uh, again, well, well, well coached team. Well coached team and the best running back in football and a very efficient quarterback that was, uh, you know, just in the wrong place earlier. That's just all we got to say about that. As much as I like the Dolphins, it just wasn't working out. And at least he's staying healthy now. He doesn't have, like, partially torn ACLs and trying to play with that condition. That's crazy. And then, and then it officially happens. And then, yeah, stupid. Well, <laughs> Baltimore is just continuing to stink. That's why you got to strike while the iron's hot. You're 14-2. and two, You have an awesome team. And then you get beat by Tennessee just like last year in the postseason. So there was that one too. <laughs> that was the more recent one. I just always go back to that 2000 game because it was a big one. It was a very historical day. Oh, what the hell, Miami? I can't believe what I'm looking at. Whew. Well, the undefeated team is still undefeated and the winless team is still winless. It's not Miami. If they didn't play the Jets, thankfully, that would have been even worse. Still a bad loss for Miami today. Houston beat the New England Patriots. Way to follow up after beating the Baltimore Ravens last week in that nasty, icky, crappy weather. Way to follow up after that one, you know? Seriously, great job. Great job following up. They're 4-6 just like us, and Houston Texans are 3-7 and seven on the year. As if that means anything. Yeah, it really doesn't. At least they have a quarterback. They don't have a whole lot else. Obviously, Watt's great, but he's, he's older, he's banged up. Uh, Deshaun Watson, extremely efficient in the game. And he's the only guy who could run for that stupid Houston team. Damian Harris, still trying to figure out who that is. James White, a Super Bowl hero years ago. I guess the Atlanta Falcons, still there, boy, still there. Multiple rings for James White. Cam, Cameron Newton was actually pretty good. 365 yards, I just don't know what happened. They just... Deshaun Watson was even better. It was an aerial battle. There was just no running in this game. It was an aerial battle between Watson and Newton, and it's good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, Watson was just a little bit better at the end of the day, and that's all there is to say, really. Watson just a little bit better, 27-10. to 10. doesn't matter if it's a home game or not, and we saw that again today. I think if the Vikings had a, had a home crowd, I, I don't know, well, they might have been booing the crap out of us, but maybe we would have won. Denver versus Miami. Wow, yuck. Come on, Miami. Come on, Miami. 20-13. to 13, The Denver Broncos win their fourth game of the year and drop the Dolphins to 6-4. and four. Come on, Miami. What are you doing out there? Ah, that sucks. They lost to Denver. Drew Locke wasn't even good, but neither was uh, Tua, unfortunately. And uh, Ryan Fitzmagic bag. Oh, the Tua was adequate. He must have got banged up, unfortunately, and that's unfortunate. Yeah, that's a shame. And Ryan Fitzmagic, who's made bajillions of dollars as a spot starter throughout his career, wasn't so magical in this game. And He just threw an interception and didn't really help a whole lot. Just a couple of yards, and Denver ended up beating Miami. Home game or not, come on, Miami. Home game from uh, Denver or not. Miami, I think, gosh, that's just a crying shame. Crying freaking shame. Too bad that Tua got hurt. That must have really brought the morale down and 
crappy loss for the uh, Miami Dolphins. Hopefully they can hang on and get things rolling again. Los Angeles Chargers who were just dying for a win with their fourth place record in the in the AFC West. Obviously it's an awesome division. Three and seven. Uh, three and seven on the season. New York Jets dropped to 0 and ten. They are the anti Steelers. Thirty four to twenty eight. Back and forth type of thing. <laughs> Jets trying to make it closer and closer in the second half. The Chargers were putting the whoop on them pretty good. Thirty one to thirteen at one point, including twenty four to six at halftime, this and that. At the end, that 44-yard field goal by Bagley or ba- Bag ba- uh, Badgley, whatever that means, right? Joe Flacco, quarterback of the Jets. That just sums it all up, doesn't that just sum it all up? It's not Sam Darnold, it's Joe Flacco, quarterback of the Jets. Oh boy, whoo, almost as bad as Joe Flacco, the quarterback of the Broncos last year. Yuck. He actually was kind of good though. That's the funny part. He was kind of good considering how awful he's been. Frank Gore with one of his solid games of the year. 61 yards on the ground, 4 yards a carry, and a touchdown. Hall of Fame watch for the third all-time leading rusher in NFL history. Good for you, Frank Gore. Good for you. And Denzel Mims, of course, again. I believe he was an Oregon Duck. 71 yards in the game. Good for him. But, uh, again, he would have had a hell of a lot more if some of those passes were a little more accurate from uh, one Mr. Joe Flacco and the O and 10 Jets. Just end the season. That's the Jets spells. Just end the season. Pretty much. Kansas City and Las Vegas still going. The Vegas Golden Knights. No, the Vegas Silver Raiders. Silver and Black Raiders are leading 17-14. to As it's heading closer and closer to the half and they have the ball. Good for them. Green Bay Slackers end up slacking off in Indianapolis. They were winning this game for quite a while, on 21.4 uh, second quarter, 28 to 14 at halftime. That's not a safe lead or anything necessarily, but it's a pretty good lead. Don't look now, but Taysom Hill and the New Orleans Saints have the number one seed in the AFC, in the NFC. Part of me, the AFC. We know who the number one seed is there. It's pretty safe, and the team that's number two right now might end up losing their second game of the year. We'll see what happens, because uh, well, unfortunately, you don't get a bye if you're number two right now. We'll see how the playoff format goes into the into next season if this COVID scare nonsense continues any longer. But yeah, it's continuing right now. 34-31, Indianapolis Colts with a valiant comeback. 11-point third quarter. Packers couldn't muster Jack. Only three points the entire second half. Ouch. Ouch, Green Bay. Ouch. 17-3 in the second half in favor of the Indianapolis Colts. Again, a 14-point difference of course, to uh, lead it to overtime. A bit of a back and forth where both neither clubs could score a touchdown on their first to drive. Indianapolis Colts end up winning with an overtime uh, field goal. Good for them. Rodrigo Blankenship from 39 yards out. Phillip Rivers, very efficient game. He didn't have multiple turnovers. Rodgers did not have multiple turnovers either. Both quarterbacks were just fine. Efficient numbers, this and that. Over 300 yards, three touchdowns. Aaron Jones finally back in the game again. And uh, scored his first touchdown in a long, long, long time. That was good for him. Finally healthy again. No uh, lead running for Naheem Hines setting. Only six rushes for .3 yards a carry. Wow. What happened to Naheem Hines? Two yards total on six rushes. <laughs> Ouch. Jonathan Taylor was the lead back and 90 yards on the ground. Good for him. Aaron Jones only 41 for Green Bay. Like I said before, Aaron and Aaron. Devontae Adams, though. Uh, the self-proclaimed best receiver in football. 
He's up there again. He's top three. Justin Jefferson could have had a shot of getting closer to that until, until he dropped the damn ball. That was depressing. Michael Pittman Jr. had a big touchdown at a big moment later on. Naheem Hines, 31 yards on three scampers on three catches and goes and those screen plays that helped the uh, Colts mount this comeback. Very impressive. Very impressive game. Very good football game. Devontae Adams again, 106 yards in the air and a touchdown. Green Bay Packers well, of course they're still in first place because there isn't a whole lot of competition right now. I thought it was going to be us, but I guess not. I guess not. The, the Bears are in competition. They stink. They're 5-5 five and five on the season, and I guess they're on the bye. Good for them. Uh, Detroit looks pretty awful as well. So, I, I mean, Green Bay's going to win the division. I think that's pretty much a done deal. Vikings have already lost six games. I don't think Green Bay's going to finish 10-6. and six. They're probably going to go 12-4, and 11-5. and five. Colts, same thing. They're probably going to go 12-4, and 11-5. Probably 11-5 and five for both teams. Wouldn't surprise me. They're not perfect. They, they'll mix in a bad game or two here and there. Like, Green Bay just couldn't finish the job. This Colts team's good. And when the Vikings got beat by them earlier in the year, yeah, well, you just feel a little teeny bit better about it. I mean, there's you don't feel good about any loss. You don't feel good about getting blown out by anybody or beat up and made look silly by someone. But Indianapolis Colts have a really good defense. And when Phillip Rivers is on his game, he's still a damn good quarterback. He's certainly not great, but he's damn good. Uh, good on the Colts, getting the job done, just like they did against us. But, you know, obviously, you know, yeah, they put up similar numbers. Vikings offense was awful in that game, and their defense was just putrid, if you remember correctly. Um, Vikings offense was made, was rendered not so good in that game. That's for sure. Couldn't get Justin Jefferson going as early on in the season. And, I don't know, it just wasn't one of the good days for the Vikings, if I remember correctly. Cousins looked like a moron in that game. <clears throat> Los Angeles Rams versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday Night Football. That should be a good one. 6-3 and three Rams, 7-3 and three Tampa Bay Bucks. So the Bucks still waiting on their uh, bye this year, apparently. 7-3, and that will be 8-3 and three if they win the game there. That would be pretty impressive. We'll see if the Bucks are still a serious threat of winning the NFC this year, because... I don't know, maybe Green Bay isn't. They've definitely been shaken since getting beat by Minnesota. Definitely been shaken since getting beaten by Minnesota. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a given. So, let's look at the Carolina Panthers. Let's look at the Detroit Lions at the same time here for about 10 seconds. I had it loaded and I lost it. 20 to nothing. Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy, 20 to nothing in favor of the Carolina Hurricanes. Matthew Stafford did, just didn't do a whole lot. He didn't turn the ball over, but he was just inefficient. Hall of Fame watch for Adrian Peterson. Nothing to brag about whatsoever against this Carolina run defense. P.J. Walker led the uh, <laughs> Carolina Panthers to a win over a crappy team in Carolina defense. Do you think, you think Rivera was still the coach, the defensive-minded coach there? 20-0 win. Carolina over Detroit. Boy, I couldn't muster a damn thing. That's kind of depressing, isn't it? Kind of depressing. Mm. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Oh, Carolina. Brian Burns a couple of sacks. Yeah, don't be surprised there's a pass rush against us, huh? Now, Detroit's offensive line has not been good, but boy, lots of sacks in the game on Matthew Stafford. Five total. That's not a spectacular number, but it's good enough. It's good enough. I don't think Cousins would, would bode well with five with a five-sack pass rush coming his way. Ah, oh boy. I don't know, man. I don't know. After today's game, you just feel different now. 
Vikings should have beat the Cowboys, Carolina, and will Teddy Bridgewater be healthy? And he'll certainly be motivated at the end of the day. <laughs> he'll certainly be motivated at the end of the day versus the uh, Minnesota Vikings, I'm sure, because we just kind of let him go. Like, oh, sorry, man, we don't trust your knee. So I'm not sure he's going to be too thrilled about that idea. I don't know, not a whole lot to say. Just Detroit looks awful. Not a whole lot to say about Detroit. Let's look at the Carolina Panthers. That's more important. 17th in passing yards, 21st in rushing yards, and 21st overall in total yards per game on the offensive side, of course. That's what happens, though, when Christian McCaffrey's missed, like, most of the season. Again, he was overused. It's a crying shame because he's a hell of a running back. Obviously, hell of a hell of a player. Teddy Bridgewater, of course, the main quarterback. No kidding. Brian Burns was the leading stat guy with four. Now he's at uh, six on the season. So it's somewhat of a pass rush, but nothing too crazy. Nice to see Chetty Bridgewater playing pretty well, though, this year. Quarterback rating just under 100. That's not bad. Not bad. I do believe that's a career high, isn't it? It is. a Nope, career high was last year with the Saints. Woohoo. Minnesota, yeah, it's funny. That's why the Patrick Rices of the world kind of write Teddy Bridgewater off. But we didn't really open the we didn't really open the bank for Teddy at all, though. And I don't mean financially necessarily as much as the offense. You know, the fourteen touchdowns, nine interceptions, fourteen touchdowns, twelve interceptions at fourteen. You know, the year we won the division of the eleven and five record. We didn't really give Teddy much of a chance to really do a whole lot. We handed the ball off to Adrian a million times and it was like check down Charlie, this and that. We didn't really open things up for Teddy during the course of time, and it looked like things were going to get extremely interesting for Bridgewater as, uh, as uh, you know, things move forward into 2016. It's just a gosh darn shame. It really is a damn shame that uh, Teddy Bridgewater never got injured. He would have still been the quarterback of the Vikings. He'd probably be making about what he is right now. Uh, maybe more, who knows. But uh, obviously very efficient with the Saints last year. Very good group of group of players around him. Teddy, it's too bad. He was off to a great start on the season, but he had a couple of crappy games. That's why he's got seven interceptions now. But still, just just under his career high of 14 touchdown passes. That's, again, why Patrick Royce would look at him and just roll his eyes. But again, there wasn't a whole lot of opportunity for him at the time. You had players like Thielen and Diggs, but it was just getting started. Going into 16 and 17, I think the Vikings' chances long-term at Teddy at quarterback with Thielen Diggs, and then later on, Justin Jefferson and Thielen. Thielen Jefferson could have been very, very interesting. And, of course, Delvin Cook. He never got to play with Delvin Cook. It's a damn shame. He had a past-his-prime running back who was one-dimensional. Jarek McKinnon was nice for a couple of seconds, but you hardly got to even see him out there. Ah, oh, what a bummer, huh? What a damn bummer. What a damn bummer. Every time I think of Teddy, I get kind of sad. 98.7 quarterback rating, though. Yeah, he would. He'll, he's definitely going to have career highs and everything. Maybe interceptions as well, but generally speaking, it's kind of sad. Such a more mediocre quarterback rating, but obviously he's a better quarterback than that. He was, again, underutilized while, the, while he was the Vikings quarterback. And when you sit down and analyze the situation even further, he only got to be the Vikings starting quarterback for two seasons. And that first year, obviously, the first three games of the season or so, he was the backup quarterback. He was just a rookie. And, you know, it kind of is what it is there. And he also got hurt. He, had a, he hurt his ankle as well. Uh, actually, in his first game, he hurt his ankle later on. That was kind of a bummer. That's why he sat out against Green Bay and we watched Ponder get uh, 
annihilated against the Packers. Poor guy. Because obviously Castle was hurt as well. Pretty weird, crazy situation. Lots of memories of Teddy. Now I'm dragging this out way longer than I'd like. But it's Teddy Bridgewater. Had to do it. All-time record, though. There isn't as much history here. Carolina Panthers entered the National Football League in 1995. No. Yeah. 1995. By year number two, they took the they beat the Cowboys in the divisional round and got beat by Green Bay in the NFC Championship game. Isn't that crazy? Their second year in the league. It's absolutely nuts how successful that franchise was at the beginning, but they're still waiting for their first championship. They've well, they've been to two Super Bowls as Carolina. Two got beat by the Patriots once, and they would have gotten beaten by the Patriots again, but they ended up getting beaten by Denver. They would have gotten beaten by the Patriots if the ball was brought in final play of the game. The ball was brought in where the Patriots might have scored a touchdown and probably would have won in overtime. That was an awesome team by the Patri- uh, with the Patriots, but Denver was just on a mission that year in 2015. First time these teams ever played, the 96 Carolina Panthers, the team that went to the NFC title game, the Vikings beat them 14-12. to That's kind of crazy. I think Warren Moon was still the quarterback at the time. It might have been about when Brad Johnson took over. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the case was. I think I just messed something up. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, I accidentally clicked on an ad. Yep, we played them back-to-back seasons in their uh, first two years in the league. Well, their second and third year in the league. I want to see who was the quarterback. Yeah, it was Warren Moon, still the quarterback. Yep, and Scott Sisson is only year as the Vikings kicker and to beat out by Greg Davis in the uh, preseason the next year. And then uh, Greg Davis ended up getting pushed away for uh, Andy, Eddie Murray, pardon me. Eddie Murray, not the baseball player, but the former Detroit kicker. Vikings won the first three games in uh, series history. 14-12 in 96, 21-14 by Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson and the 97 Vikings, fun team to watch, especially in the early goings and things went downhill until the last game of the season against a pathetic Colts team, which ended up leading to them getting uh, Peyton Manning as the quarterback, excuse me. That's why they were so bad. They ended up getting Peyton Manning. Good for them. 31 to... That's how old I am, by the way. Peyton Manning, a rookie. Yeah, Peyton, I was watching football before Peyton Manning was a quarterback of the Colts. You know, the guy that's 40 years old. Actually older than I am. Yeah, 40-some years old. Yeah, I'm that old. I'm old enough to remember all that. I was just younger back then. <laughs> 31 to 17. Victory for the 2000 Vikings. Culpepper led 2000 Vikings. That was a fun freaking season awful 2001 season when Steve Smith and the Carolina Panthers rolled on the Vikings. The opening kickoff of the season was returned for a touchdown and special teams were as special as they are now. God, I hate the Vikings special teams. Historically, they drive me nuts. They've driven me nuts forever. Just a couple times with Percy Harvin, uh, Randy Moss returning some kicks for touchdowns and Cordero Patterson. Very memorable times. Occasionally, once in a blue moon, yeah, you had David Palmer with some good moments. Before he had an ACL, after he had an ACL, he was just done. It was so sad. And uh, what's the other guy? Marcus Sherrill's had some cool moments in his early job, early days as a Vikings punt returner. Then he became fair catch Sherrill's. Just no movement at all. 2005 Vikings. Yeah, this is when we uh, got, this is when Culpepper got injured, if I remember correctly. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was right before Halloween. Yep. Culpepper got injured 38-13. to Vikings were off to a terrible start. Culpepper had the ACL and MCL and all that other stuff happened. It was really sad. Brad Johnson took over and the Vikings played better after that, but it was a very devastating day 
for the Vikings, and that was the last game Culberber would ever play for the Vikings. That's how long ago that was. 2002 uh, Vikings awful team with 9 billion turnovers by Culpepper. Lost 21-14 that year. 2006 when Chester Taylor was the lead back. Vikings won in overtime 16-13. That's cool. 2008 Vikings when we were getting significantly better. I actually had a uh, I have a video review of this game on YouTube. Paladino Live. I have a video review of this game. Cool. 20-10. to 10, One of the back in the day. Yep. Uh, that's how old my... Uh, that's how I was uh, in the early Purple Mafia days as well. I believe... Yeah. This is my first season doing Purple Mafia back in 08. Cool. 09 Vikings lost to the Panthers and we lost uh, EJ Henderson if I remember correctly. I forgot the freaking safety's name that broke his femur. This was just a devastating loss for Minnesota. Oh, devastating. The injuries in this game and 26-7. to seven. Just like I said, though, earlier, generally good history with this team in Minnesota, but whenever we really needed that win to secure home field, this game would have given us home field if the Vikings would have won this game or, say, Arizona. This might not have been the game when uh, the other player, I think it was Arizona, when E.J. Henderson got injured, but it was both of those back-to-back games that cost the Vikings home field. And I know a very frustrating loss to Chicago, a crappy Bears team at the end of the uh, season when Devin Aromashadu ran for our had like three catches for 153 yards or something, and ended up beating the Vikes in overtime, or it was a walk-off or something. But uh, games like this is what cost the Vikings home field throughout the playoffs. The Saints and the Vikings had the same record that year, but Saints had some kind of tiebreaker, and, well, I think history might have been a little different, maybe. Maybe. 2011 Vikings, one of their three wins of the season. That's funny. Wow, right before Halloween again, the, uh, how many year anniversary would that have been? 16 year anniversary? No, six year anniversary. It wasn't that long ago. Six year anniversary of Culpepper's, uh, injury at that time. Six year anniversary. Culpepper was, I believe, on the, I don't know if he was still playing. I don't know what I'm talking about. I think, yeah, he was on Detroit in 2008. Gosh, things changed a lot, didn't they? Culpepper was already done by then. That's kind of sad. That's weird. Seems like too long ago, doesn't it? He didn't have a long career, did he, to Dante, because of that knee injury. Crying shame. Uh, yep, one of the Vikings' three wins in 2011. That might have been our first win of the year, if I remember correctly. That was a terrible team. Uh, after we almost had the Chargers beat in the season opener on the road. It would have been a nice win. Carolina beat the Vikings. Wow. Uh, 2013 Viking team, that was terrible. Yep. 35-10, to 10, and Carolina was getting pretty good around that time. Vikings beat Carolina a year later with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. 31-13, to 13, great game there. Vikings also beat Carolina in 2016. That was during that 5-0 and run. This is one of those games. Sam Bradford and the Vikings, I think this is when we went 3-0. and Awesome. The Vikings defense was being compared to the 85 Bears. And then again last season, or no, not last season, 2017, the game, the Vikings just, they needed to win this game, and it helped cost us home field advantage. And we also lost, uh, this was the game when we lost, not Elfline, Elfline was the Eagles game. It was uh, Easton. That's when the Vikings lost Nick Easton. Huge loss. A lot of people thought, you know, at least he's the least important uh, offensive lineman. There's no such thing as the least important offensive lineman. Uh, Yes, losing your left tackle might be even worse if you have a real good one, but that was the most depressing uh, moment right there for the Vikings, because you just knew it was going to come back to bite us in the ass, and of course it did. Of course it did. Just didn't do it immediately, or the Vikings ended up losing that game. 
and ended up putting the Vikings behind the eight ball with those gosh darn Mickey freaking Eagles who were just starting to lose a couple of games finally. Freaking, you just knew we were going to lose to Philadelphia somehow that that year. You just knew it, and we did. Boy, did we. Uh, 31-24, and that's the last time these two teams played. Vikings 8-6-0 versus the Carolina Panthers as we try to move forward now. I, I, I don't know what to think. Obviously, it's a team that can be fairly stingy defensively. They have some moments, and called the, uh, Bridgewater missed the game with uh, knee issues. That's interesting. That's not something you want to see is Bridgewater and knees. You just don't want to see that. I don't know. We'll see what happens if he even plays in the game. If he doesn't, I don't know. Well, Carolina still found a way to beat Detroit. Vikings are better than Detroit, but still. Still, I don't know. I uh, I would hope the Vikings will come out and win, but doesn't even matter. Do you even care if the Vikings win next week at this point? Are we just trying to tank for somebody? Not for Trevor, obviously, unless we trade up or there's some other player you want to identify that can help lead your franchise in the future because you hope there is a possibility of that at some point. Uh, the frustration right now is just off the charts for everybody when it comes to that. Carolina's defense, uh, obviously they're they're all right. They've had their moments. They've had good games. They've had bad games. I don't know what to think about the Carolina Panthers. I mean, they've lost a lot of games this year. And they've had some decent ones. Obviously, Bridgewater's had some good, yeah, good, good moments. Somehow, I don't think Bridgewater's going to play next week. I don't think he is. I think it's going to end up being that, that Walker. Yeah, I don't know what to think about P.J. Walker, really. Was he that great? Uh, he had some moments against Detroit, but it was nothing special. He's one of those guys like nobody's really ever heard of, to be quite frank. Unless you're really hardcore. Uh, hasn't had a whole much of a whole lot of a career. Obviously, he's not a tall. He's not a very tall guy. He's an undrafted player. Uh, but he had a he had a fairly good game today against a Detroit team that's, you know, like I say, they say men but don't break, but it's broken. Detroit's defense is obviously broken. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to think. Vikings should win the game, okay? I'll say the Vikings end up beating the Carolina Panthers, even though there's nothing to brag about with Carolina. <sighs> there really isn't. P.J. Walker, two interceptions. It was actually his first start in the NFL. They're not prepared for anything, are they? They're not prepared. Like, just in case Bridgewater gets hurt or his knee is sore, for Bridgewater's sake, I hope he's okay. I hope it's nothing super serious. I hope it's just some kind of soreness and he'll come back out there. I hope it's not Sam Bradford type of deal where the soreness just never seems to go away and it derails his career. I don't know. That'd be an expensive uh, contract, too, to deal with because uh, they just signed it with him after having a very efficient year with the uh, Saints. Yeah, they don't have as many weapons in Carolina. They, they just don't. Uh, you got DJ Moore. He's actually a decent player. Don't get me wrong. 127 yards today. With his uh, DJ to PJ, we'll see if that ends up being something, some uh, against the Vikings. But DJ to PJ, <laughs> Carolina, there's just not much going on. And if Teddy's not healthy, I think the Vikings should win soundly over this uh, Carolina team. Force some turnovers, get some damn pass rush that we couldn't get today. Get some damn pass rush against this team. Play some more sound football. I mean, it's just for the sake of aesthetics, I guess, at this point, about winning the football game versus Carolina, other than, you know, I mean, you, you, nobody wants to tank this and that. You, It's like we do because we want the draft pick, but the players aren't going to. The coaches aren't going to. The general manager can by trading guys away. That's just natural tanking. But no, nobody else got traded away. 
you could put guys on injured lists that you maybe, but it seems like the guys that get put on the injured list are guys you don't want to play at all, like <laughs> Drew Sabia, guys like that. I don't know. Why would the Vikings lose to this team? Uh, other than they just show up like idiots again, like they did today. And I know Dallas was on some kind of a mission to do something. I'm not exactly sure what their mission was. Because, I mean, woohoo, they won their third game. You know? I don't know what to make of this. Today's game was just kind of, it leaves a sour taste in your mouth and you wonder what the hell happened. And at the same time, I mean, it's like, I guess that figures. I guess that's just Vikings history. Carolina had lost five games in a row. They beat Arizona this year. Very impressive. And they won in Los Angeles, which is fairly impressive. Lost to Tampa, lost to Vegas. Not too surprising there. But good games by Teddy, though, putting up some points. Lost to Chicago. That's not a huge surprise. Chicago was on some kind of a run there because their defense is good. Almost beat the Saints a couple weeks back. They couldn't beat Atlanta. Yeah, that was a crappy loss. They almost beat Kansas City and got doubled up by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week. And then, of course, a 20 nothing win today over a crappy Detroit team. The Vikings will win the game over the Carolina Panthers. Even if Teddy plays, I think the Vikings win. If Teddy does play, though, maybe Carolina does squeak it out. In fact, don't be surprised if they do, uh, if, if Teddy plays. I just think that, uh, I just think it's going to be a more organized group of players, and i got to think that uh, special teams are going to be significantly different next week. I think we'll have a different coach, actually. I don't know who, it can, who it's going to be, but they'll have to find something. They'll have to find some kind of plan here at the end of the day. Vikings will beat the Carolina Panthers. I think you're going to get some numbers at the end of the day. Carolina's defense is solid, but, I mean, Detroit is just a mess. It's hard to really gauge what's going on. I mean, they've given up points this year to Arizona a little bit. A ton to Vegas, a, a good number to Tampa. They're fairly stingy, though. Uh, Tampa, though, yeah, 46 a couple of weeks ago, and they gave up 33 to uh, Kansas City and then zero to Detroit. So it's kind of interesting. It's kind of a roller coaster there in uh, Carolina. I think after they got their cute little win today, I think it'll be a drop-off. They'll drop back off again. I don't think they're going to win three in a row again. Vikings will win the game something along the likes of 27 to... 27-24, 27-18, something like that, 27-20, but the Vikings end up winning the game. 28, 28-20, Vikings end up winning the game over the uh, Carolina Panthers at the end of the day. Oh, boy. I hated the tackling today. That's why I don't know. But, I mean, I, this isn't a running attack that's going to be anything special unless Christian McCaffrey's ready to go, but I doubt it. I doubt they're going to really mess with him at this point. Vikings win 28-20 to over the Carolina Panthers. Maybe it'll be even less. Maybe the Vikings defense will be really sound and end up being like 28-14, to something like that. Wouldn't be surprised if it was something in that direction. Justin Jefferson is going to be knocking on that century mark again. Thielen, hopefully. Hopefully nothing weird happens out there. But this and that. You know, try the running game, of course. I mean, Detroit's running attack isn't impressing anybody. That's the deal. Um, it's funny how Tampa Bay got whooped by the Saints and then whooped on Carolina a week later. Uh, how, do you, how do you even factor into that? It's just crazy. It's just too bad. Bridgewater, it must have been just soreness. And it's funny how his quarterback rating in the Tampa Bay game was pretty much what it's been. Uh, I mean, Brady was able to throw for yardage and were able to spread that ball all over the place. And Ronald Jones ran for a bajillion yards. So you can't really gauge Detroit. That's a team that's probably 
wanting Matt Patricia out of there, and he probably will be at the end of the day. Um, I don't, <coughs> a 98-yard run is going to do that to you. It's going to bring your numbers way up. But still, still, looked like they kind of had their way against that uh, <laughs> against that defense that shut out Detroit today. It's kind of funny. They and them being Tampa Bay Vikings again. I'm going to go. I'm going to stick with my score, 28 to 20, over the uh, Carolina Panthers. I like the way Kirk Cousins has been playing. I mean, I, I kind of just say, keep doing what you're doing. Just pray to God you don't have to score in the last drive of the game because they'll probably they'll probably find a way to lose in that situation. But if the Vikings are ahead, they'll be fine. I think the Vikings defense will be good enough and you'll be able to run the ball with uh, Delvin Cook and he'll get over the century mark yet again, proving for the 9 billionth time he's the most valuable player on the Minnesota Vikings. With that said, we'll take a break and get to fan interaction. Oh, Jerry, um, how nice to have a, another pleasant victory week to savour. Uh, I meant to say in my last audio submission, what a superb Sean Connery impersonation you have there. In fact, I, I would say, um, you know, I've been in Scotland 18 years and uh, I have not been able to capture that accent particularly at all. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, you are an honorary Scotsman, laddie. Anyway, I digress. Um, back to Monday's game. It was surprisingly good to watch a team that was more balanced as opposed to constantly attempting to run the ball with Cook. It's quite strange because it's the first primetime game I've probably watched since 2013. I got roped in by some of the UK Vikings fans into watching this game. Um, let's say I kind of gave up on primetime. And there were three games that stick in my mind in that, that case of why I did. Uh, there was the 2011 Bears debacle when they put Donovan McNabb out there. and He was horrendous and then they threw good old Christian Ponder out there. And I think it was 39-7. And then the other two games that put me completely off prime time were with Josh Freeman, the 2012 Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming to town. Uh, we were heavily favourite, and of course we laid an egg. And the final nail in the coffin was again with Josh Freeman uh, when he was brought in to replace Castle on Ponder in that uh, prime time Monday night game against what was a pretty lousy New York Giants team of that year. And, um, well, I'm pretty sure one of those pass, pass balls is still in low orbit. It was just disgusting. And it, it got to a situation where I just thought, I might as well come home on a Tuesday, sit down in the evening with a few cold beers to drown my sorrows, if it was as bad as primetime attended to be, uh, and just chill out and uh, take what was what. Anyway, uh, enough of uh, my reminiscing of uh, the past. Back to Monday night. Um, th- this game always felt pivotal to me in the, in the sense that it was a litmus test of what this offence could do against a really good front seven. And surprisingly, they played pretty well. And I liked the balance. Um, I think Kubrick's certainly coming up with some very good scheming and planning. Um, and it's it's been nice, the fact that, you know, we were 1-5 and five at the bye, and uh, it was like, well, that's another season in the toilet. But, hey, there is hope in the draft. All of a sudden, we've swept the north, and that is just quite 
bizarre the fact now that looking at what we've got ahead we've got the cowgirls um jacksonville and carolina all very winnable games and if you look at the schedule um other than perhaps tampa bay which i think is a possible win if cook stays healthy and that is the big if now isn't it about this season can we keep cook healthy and fresh all the way to the end um you know if we if even if uh, Drew Brees is out, which would be a lovely Christmas present, you know we could be potentially ten and six and into the playoffs. So it is quite exciting, and I have to hand it to Zim. I think I think he's done some wonderful scheming with the defence since the bye. He's simplified things. Those guys are picking up and learning on the job, and they're learning fast and they're playing fast. And uh, I think that's exciting for the future, certainly on the defensive side of the ball. Of course, the big problem being the quarterback position, although. You know, he played well this uh, Monday. So, um, you know, there's a lot of positivity there to look at. Um, probably they'll lose against the Cowboys, but I hope not. And I think I'm probably with you. I, I think the, the Purple will win by at least seven. So it's all good, my friend. Anyway, I'm off. Skull, brothers and sisters. Let's uh, get to five and five. And thank you again, Matt Martin. Out of Northern Scotland, Dave Martin, Mad Martin, absolutely fantastic as always. And I can't thank you enough for the uh, Honorary Scott uh, nomination. I appreciate that so very much. I I really do. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Sean Connery, yep, yep, I love you doing that imitation. They've been, they've been out there like, uh, well, when my friend Marcus years ago uh, imagined Sean Connery in a Cocoa Puffs commercial. <laughs> it was one of the funniest things I ever heard. He's like... I'm cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Pass the milk, please. <laughs> it's just hilarious. He's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Uh, you know, I mean, that's about how I feel now. It's just amazing how quickly things can change. You feel so good, like we're undefeated in the division, except for, well, yeah, losing the first one to the Packers way at the beginning of the year. You go, you win three straight divisional games, you feel like a million bucks, and then you lay an egg versus Dallas, and I don't know, I'm sure you're going to have some frustrating things to say. Uh, frustrated things to say on Twitter. You're going to be upset, and I so am I. It was some crap. Obviously, the poor tackling throughout the game and all that. But uh, no, it was a great feeling thinking we we're going to be five and five. But love the reminiscing as well as you know how I like to go and reminisce and go back and forth this and that. But uh, always love to give you the floor and let you uh, have your voice heard by uh, the Purple Mafia Nation out there. Hopefully, uh, continuing to be growing, Purple Mafia Nation. It it goes up and down as with the seasons and this and that, but there's some consistency to it, and there's some inconsistencies to it as well. But uh, God, I, I can't thank you enough. When you call in, it is the greatest ever. Thank you very much for the audio submission, uh, Mad Martin. Always nice to give you a chance to give you the floor. But yeah, I mean, things were looking good, and it's just I don't know. Sometimes we always seem to piss things away, and obviously the 1-5 in five record has put us in a situation that's why we are where we are now. It's 4-6. and six. Ah, One way or another, we always find a way to lose games like that, don't we? Mad Martin on Twitter, at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. I can't seem to find the retweets for the previous episode. I'm not sure what happened. Episode 328, we're at 329 already. Looking to be in the 330s and beyond. But I'm not even seeming to find the retweets from the last show. I know there were about four, uh, four or five of you, but uh, uh, usually it's the yep, it's a it's a good group of guys like Malcolm and Vince Germano and uh, man uh, Sam Gupta and others. Can't thank you guys enough for doing that for me every week. Uh, 
10A Brown. Matt Martin says, what we expected so far, Dallas D has come to play, but a good comeback by the Purple to go to 7-6. to to seven to six. Yeah, it was a good, awesome drive. That was an awesome drive, wasn't it? And the opening drive of the first half, uh, second half part of me had me feeling so good. It really did. And he was saying, bleeping despair. I, I bleeping despair. Yep, he was very upset as I was. I was uh, depressed and all that. Uh, and I was saying, what? I mean, I was saying, horrible tackling. Mad Martin says, tackling? What bleeping tackling? Yep, exactly. I'm saying defensive mismatches everywhere. No excuses to lose this now. Yeah, I think the problem is young teams are the uh, young teams that are, are just way too unpredictable. Way too unpredictable. And yes, they were. Yes, they were. Thank you very much for the interaction. Oh, there he is. Malcolm McSween also is in there. I almost didn't see that tweet. He says, uh, out of out of California, there, Southern California, says, Vikings offense makes it look so easy sometimes and then impossible other times. Yep, like the final drive. Isn't that just maddening? Isn't that just maddening? Oh, it drives you crazy. They make everything look so easy. And then it's like we can't even get anything. And I know a lot of people talk about how the guy on the screen right now, Patrick Mahomes, when it's like third and eleven, he's literally targeting twelve yards down the field. Not okay. Let's try to let's try to get eight yards down and hope the guy can break a tackle. That seems to be the Vikings' offense historically, where Patrick Mahomes is always gunning for the the play ah, beyond the chains, beyond the chains. And I wish we had a quarterback that thought that way. I wish we had an offense that that uh, demanded that from its quarterback. And it just seems like we're always expecting a guy to break a tackle or two to get the first down on, like, say, a third and long situation. Because I just watched it happen just now. Even a third and short, you know? Like, if it's three yards, why are we throwing the ball two yards? Just four yards. That's all you need, four yards. I know it's easier said than done by Mr. Armchair quarterback sitting here compared to a guy out there with, like, 320-pound Shaquille O'Neal-type players running at you like uh, with uh, crazy speed and, and uh, aggressiveness. But, no, see, there was a play where a guy did break tackles and all that stuff, but it was a first down. You know, that was Tyreek Hill, if, I, if I'm looking at it correctly. Or is that Bell? I'm getting mixed up. I don't want to think about a guy named Bell, though, on the Kansas City Chiefs, even though it was way before my time. That was one of the that was the team that beat the Vikings that started all this nonsense where we couldn't win the big one. Because before that, we'd never been to the big one. And then, yeah, that Chiefs team put us in a position of never winning the big one. That was the first incidents of not winning the big one. So, yeah, isn't that just great? Uh, yes, we were putting C.J. Ham on reserve for the uh, COVID-19 list, and he played today. So I guess C.J. Ham was uh, negative. That's good. Once in a while the word negative is a positive thing. <clears throat> I, it says there's a comment, and it's invisible. Okay, there's Mark Carlson saying, oh, no. But luckily he played, and he uh, even returned a, a kick was at 20-some yards, so not bad, 23 yards. By old Ham on Rye. Not bad, out of Duluth there. So, luckily, I guess he's alright. That's nice. Richard Sherman. One of the nicer things he's ever said. Usually the guy has some negative crap to say or trash talk or whatever. He says this about Justin Jefferson. This is before he dropped that easy play in fourth quarter. I'm not bitter about that at all. That one definitely wasn't Kirk Cousins' fault. Yeah, I'm not bitter about that at all. I'm just not bitter. Uh... Richard Sherman, he says he's a rookie and he's playing like he's a five or six year vet. I agree. Thank you, Richard. That was nice to hear from uh, San Francisco 49ers uh, veteran Richard Sherman, of course, former Seattle Seahawks and arch rival of the of the uh, 49ers 
and Crabtree and such. Crabtree, like he might call him. The uh, Let's go to the in-game thread a bit, as I am wont to do. All comments, this and that. Dave Hickey out of Iowa says, I didn't get to see... Oh, boy, the guy's always busy, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I, I understand, though. Welcome to my world in a lot of ways. But uh, with this, with the podcast, it is what it is. But no, but generally speaking, I totally understand about the busy schedules, Dave. He says, I didn't get to see the game in my area. Oh, okay, that. Yep, that's that's the layup. It's a location thing and, a, you know, what, what they give you. Uh, the stupid Packers run, at least they lost. <laughs> yep, I thought when they came back and tied it, yeah, I thought they were going to win too. That they that they won, they won the toss and OTs, that dickhead Rodgers would win it. But they lost. Who would have thought? As for the Vikings, they lost enough sad, other than there are two teams I hate to lose to, and it's the Packers and Cowboys. Same here. I, I have a very sour taste in my mouth right now with that, that game. I do. I, I, I hate losing to the Cowboys, too. Jesse Ball, there he is. Says Packers lose, Lions lose, and the Vikings lose. Figures. Never gets old, does it? Yeah, never. Never gets old, huh? Uh, Jesse Ball was saying, must win. Nah, we don't need this one. <laughs> Being sarcastic, I'm sure. Eating the clock on this drive. School, everyone. Five in a row. Bet McCarthy. Thielen on fire tonight, and boy, wasn't he. Yeah, but that was the bad return situation with, uh, yep, Mark Carlson says, oh, God, no. Osborne, you nearly cost the team dearly. Yep, Mark Carlson, not Iowa. Purple Mafia Hall of Famer. Brett McCarthy is Hall of Fame. Also out of South Dakota. Defense is weak tonight. Cheap touchdown run by Dallas, and God, yes, that was awful. The whole game was sloppy as hell. Um, that's weird. Okay, never mind. Oh, it's just saying who actually commented. Well, I'm the only Purple Mafia author out there. Don't go on it. I'm a sole perpetrator or whatever. Mark Carlson, the second half and time to crush that Cowboy team defense. Step it up. Offense, you have to put a real drive together and freaking hold on to the ball. Yeah, because, yeah, Cook actually fumbled earlier as well when he was hit pretty hard and his arms were bashed in, basically. Mark Carlson is very excited for today's game. Weird in a way. With Prescott out and Andy Dalton at the helm. Gerald Spring was saying, let's go four, number four in a row. Purple Power, says Jesse Ball. Mark Carlson says, I have a nomination for the Ponder Memorial. Let me guess, either Chris Boyd or Chris Jones? Probably both, right? I hope both of yeah, I mean, that's got to be a big uh, thing right there. I was saying, hang on to the bleeping ball. This is such a joke. Kurt Back, out of White Bear Lake, says, where is the bleeping penalty on a defenseless player? What a bleeping joke. At times, yeah. I mean, there's just no question about that. Uh, there were a couple times in the game where the Vikings, yeah, they, they just swallowed the whistles. And I think the Vikings could have gotten, yeah, should have probably had a, a penalty uh, drawn in their direction, like in a positive way, like a penalty on uh, Dallas, multiple plays like that. Kurt was saying, Vikings are playing like shit. Kurt's, uh, Mark Carlson says, Kurt is right. Kurt responds with, why didn't they call that on Thielen? Yep, yep, one of those they got the end there. Later on, not at the end, but uh, there should have been a uh, pass interference or a hold, I believe, is what Kurt is uh, mentioning there. Post-game thread, what happened? Nobody posted. Is it really true? Only two comments? Where is everybody? Whoa. Uh, what happened to everybody this week? Ouch. Well, thank you to the guys that posted here. I appreciate you very much. Jesse Ball, Jeff Ryland. Thank you very much. And Jeff Ryland, happy birthday. I guess he turned... Did he turn 40 or 41? I think, yeah, 41. So you must have been born in the same year. It's a teeny bit later, Jeff Ryland. 
So happy birthday today, I believe. Unfortunately, crappy birthday present from the Vikings. But again, happy birthday, Jeff Froyland. Hope you're a listener. Uh, yeah, I'm. Yeah, he's a regular listener, right? I hope so. Hope you're still listening regularly. Uh, so yes, I saw that on Facebook. Turned 41. So welcome to the 41 Club. We're both 79ers, apparently. I think most of you know what that means. Born in 1979. Jesse Ball, let's get to the point, says, yeah, so when we need to win, we can't. Why can't this team get ready to play before the game and hit the ground running? One step forward, two specs back, two steps back with this team. In reality, as long as we have Zimmer and Cousins, there will be no Super Bowl for the Vikings. Probably not. Oh, looks like Mark Carlson jumped in. That's good. That is good. I, I think he did. Come on. Just refresh. Oh, well, uh, what just happened? Oh, yeah, there he is. Mark Carlson says, It was fun to watch today. I figured we would win, but also knew that anything could happen. Andy Dalton. Hmm, next? Yeah. I think we lost, yeah, we lost Andy Dalton before, didn't we? For sure the year before uh, Zimmer got hired, because I know Cincinnati destroyed the Vikings. Well, that was in 2013, Leslie Frazier. Cincinnati absolutely put the whooping on us. So I believe they played the Vikings twice with Zimmer... Yeah, or no, it was, yeah, it was 2011-13. to 13. Zimmer was the member. Yeah, because uh, that was when Dalton first got there, and Zim, Zimmer was the defensive coordinator. A very damn good one with Cincinnati. That's when their defense was super good. Jeff Royland, Iowa. Sorry for the delay there. At least you know who in our... At least you know... At least you know who in our division lost also. Sloppy today. And again, happy birthday, Jeff Royland. So uh, you're getting a birthday wish from the host of Purple Mafia here. <laughs> Pretty sure he's from Iowa, right? I remember saying that. Yep, and yes, I believe I told him happy birthday. Yep, there I am. And he said thank you. Yep, that was a while ago, earlier in the day. Yep, 41. So, I know, maybe you didn't want me to make that public. I apologize. But, again, what are we going to do? Hide our age? What's what's the point? What's the point? I'm, I'm actually proud of my age. I'd rather be 41 than, like, a you know, than a millennial or a Gen Z. And in, no offense to the millennials or Gen Zs, I like my generation. I like being able to say this Game & Watch little device that I'm holding right now is from my generation. You know, like Super Mario, you know, with Super Mario or this or that. You know, it's a Game & Watch deal, you know, the NES released, the, uh, Nintendo released the NES Classic and the Super NES Classic years ago with the, the games on them and stuff. This is, I guess, is this year's version of that, I guess, as a portable uh, Game & Watch device, so... Unfortunately, it doesn't have a ton of games on it, but I do believe there's a way to add some to it. We just don't know how yet. I'm guessing there is a way to do that, but hopefully hopefully there is one way or another. We'll find out. Somebody will figure out something, and uh, it's probably not that hard. Oh, thank you guys so much uh, for being on the show. Mad Martin's going to bring in... Man, what happened to Mike Dale? He must have been busy this week. Boy, he was... Yep. He was on a run, like, no tomorrow for the uh, Gold Star of the Year, and I would say he's a massive... uh, He's a massive candidate for it, even with a, a no-show today. Hope everything's okay, Mike Dale, out there, New York area. Hope I didn't say anything that pissed you off or frustrated you. Uh, I hope I didn't say anything that you didn't like. I, I hope he's still out there. I didn't see anybody leave the page, which is good. I yeah, ho- hope, hope you're still out there, Mike. Maybe just busy. Missed hearing from you. I, I really did. I hope I, yeah, I'm kind of worried now. I'm kind of worried now because, like, nobody posted. It's probably just a, the odd schedule is my guess, and I'll see him next week. So let me know, Mike, out there, if you could. Even if you're mad at me about something, let me know what it is, I guess. I loved hearing from him. 
obviously many others as well, but Brett McCarthy, obviously the blood uh, of the show in those in-game threads, always there. Dave Hickey, awesome comment there. Matt Martin's going to ring in the, uh, I believe it's the second straight week with the gold star. After Mike Dale had back-to-back gold stars and a gold-plated silver basically last week, Matt Martin brings it in this week. Jesse Ball's got to bring in He's going to share one with... He's going to He's gonna have a silver. He's going to share it with somebody. He's going to share it with somebody. Who, who should he share it with? Uh, Dave Hickey. Jesse Ball and Dave Hickey are going to share the silver star. Brett McCarthy, just for always being there, and obviously a very passionate fan for the Vikings. Kurt Beck, uh, good comments. And then, oh, no, Mark Carlson. And then... Uh, uh, Jeff Royland, at least minimum a bronze star with a little silver plating on it because, hey, 41 and a, a fellow 79er, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Jeff. So <laughs> at least uh, that's the least I could do, I guess, give you a bronze star with silver plating on it to wrap up the Pro Mafia show for this week. Yeah, short fan interaction segment, but hey, at least there was a call in. That was awesome. And those of you that did, Dave Vicky, Jesse Ball, Mark Carlson, thank you, thank you, thank you, Brett McCarthy, you know. Thank you, guys. Hope Mike's okay. Missed him. Uh, probably busy. Again, hope I didn't offend anybody or anything. I, I hope not. I'm guessing that. Oh, yeah, and of course, uh, Malcolm on Twitter and all of you out there. Thank you. And, of course, Mad Martin. Thank you guys so much for always being a part of this show and to keep things rolling. I should throw in an urban legend. Every time the Vikings have a game that looks like, oh, this one's in the bag, they find a way to lose it, no matter what, right? Right when you get your hopes up a little bit, like things are going in the right direction, they lay an egg again, or a lot of the warts that were there earlier come back magically. Urban legend, isn't it? Is that not an urban legend? Or how somebody could mess up, uh, uh, how you could mess up the greatest fake pun play since I don't know when with the Vikings, how you can find a way to not do it legally and end up getting flagged and end up getting nailed and get nothing out of it. It's beyond me. It's beyond me. That's an urban legend. Uh, Chris Boyd is an urban legend. Uh, big time. Not only is he the, not only is he sharing the Ponder Award with uh, Chris Jones, he's an urban legend as well. Nice to see the Christmas tree up again. I'm sure a lot of you have it up. Can't wait for Thanksgiving. It's one of my favorite holidays of the year. In fact, it probably is my favorite. Probably is my favorite to say the least. Uh, Christmas season is the greatest season. Just love it. Obviously, I love it when, when it's springtime and the sun is out and everything, but this is the short part of the winter that is late fall, early winter that you just enjoy every year. The, early, the late fall, early winter because you get to put up the Christmas tree and drive around at night and look at Christmas lights. It's a pastime for me that will probably last a lifetime. As long as I can drive, you know, I'm, I'm as long as I'm healthy enough to be able to drive, if I'm 95 years old, like a Sid Hartman, whatever, I'd still, I would still enjoy driving around at night looking at Christmas lights, even at, even at 95 years of age. I'm, I'm telling you that right here, right now. I'd still probably play Super Mario Brothers on on whatever on the game on the NES Classic, maybe in uh, quintuple HD, you know, 34K or no 34K, 32K or whatever it would be, 128K HD if that type of thing exists. Uh, but it would still be an 8-bit graphics. Still 8-bit graphics from back then, but it would have like that extra, you know, you know how just the picture, the picture quality improves, so to speak. Maybe it's a 128 version of K version of the uh, uh, of HD, HDMI, whatever capability with the uh, <laughs> with the 
the NES Classic or this Game & Watch little thing here, which is like a portable, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's not the same, but it is. It's not the same, but it is. That type of thing. It's a small little portable thing, but it's pretty cool. Those of you at Target or whatever, you can pick it up for 50 bucks. It's not, yeah, it's not cheap, but it's not that expensive either when you think about it. Especially if it's possibly you could do extra things with it, hopefully. Um, welcome to Christmas. Maybe that's a Christmas present idea. Looks like you can't get it off of Amazon, but you could get it at Target, Walmart, places like that. I'm not trying to sell anything. It's just fun. I think it's cool. It's up to you. It's a cool idea, though, if you're thinking about it. If you need an idea to give somebody something, maybe it's a retro game fan. They probably think it's pretty cool. But uh, just enjoying the Christmas tree right here in the background. Just beautiful. It's not completely decorated. I could probably add a couple more bulbs up there. Uh, I had a scare earlier today also, like the, the freaking fuse on one of the plugs at the top of the tree. So, because unfortunately this is not a real tree. I wish it was. But, you know, it was three different sections. You got the big bottom, the middle, and then the top. The top wouldn't light up. And I'm like, oh, come on. I just, you know, I got this tree, maybe it's like two years old, right? I got it in like December 18, whatever. Or no, it was Black Friday 18. I mean, you got to be bleeping kidding me. It doesn't work. So, just like the other one, kind of things happened, and I tried to change the the freaking fuse on that one that I had a couple of years ago from Brooklyn Park and all that, and it just wouldn't do anything. And it's like, fine, I guess I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And it looked like the same thing was happening today. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it lit up. And I was like, oh my God, I did it right. I actually did it right change that tiny little fuse and yet the, the most confusing and scary part of it was there's two fuses in the little plug in the little fuse box on the little plug so and they only give you one in the whole damn package one one so i'm supposed to guess which fuse went out or whatever unless they both did and somehow some way i could i could i, I guessed it was the certain one because i didn't see the little string there was, it looked like a string, but there was a string, a defined string going down the middle of one of them, and there wasn't one on the other that I could tell. It looked like it was off to the side or something. Maybe it was just a, a crease on the, uh, on the on the glass or whatever, on the edge. So I chose the one that didn't have the string going right down the middle to take out, put in the new one. It looked like it wasn't going to work, and then all of a sudden it just bloop, flickered and went on. And I was just, oh my God, I actually did something right. That felt like a million bucks to do. So that's just, I thought I'd throw that little story in. It felt real cool. So luckily I don't have to throw this one away like I did two years ago. That was depressing. That was, that was uh, I got it when I moved to Brooklyn Park back in 2015. I got that tree. And then the whole, I think it was the whole bottom section was bad. It was just depressing. Would not work again. Nothing I could do. Um, but then... Uh, Turns out this one is uh, revived and ready to roll. So, nice feeling. Of course, there's dead bulbs all over the place. You just don't notice it right away. Yeah, that's much easier to do, thankfully. Okay, with that said, well, well, Merry Christmas season. Merry Christmas season. Happy Christmas season. We're there. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the turkey, sweet potatoes, marshmallow, whatever the heck you do. Marshmallow, sweet potatoes, whatever the heck you do. Uh, creamed corn. Indian corn, blah, blah, blah. You could go on mashed potatoes and gravy is a is a definite uh, shoe-in every time. It's a definite staple on the table. Kind of rhymes. Stuffing, that's a given. The light side or the dark side of the force? Will you choose the light or the dark side of the meat? 
Okay, I was a bad Darth Vader, but I'm going to try again. Will you choose the light or the dark side of the meat? I Usually I like both. I like the dark and the light. So maybe I'm kind of a tweener. Um, dark side tastes, dark meat tastes really good. A lot of people don't like it. I think it's good, and I'll have some light as well. I love Thanksgiving. It's one of the greatest holidays of all time. I think it is my favorite because I think it is. I just love the turkey and all that, and I love the... Uh, I love that it leads right into Christmas season. I hate the crowds. I hate the, the hysteria of over Black Friday and people thinking they're the coolest person ever because they just spent a thousand bucks on like three TVs that they might not need, they really don't need. Of course, the first Black Friday thing I ever did was two years ago when I got this TV here. Great TV, but the only thing missing is it's, you know, well, like every TV I've ever owned, it only has 60 hertz. So when you see guys running really fast in a, in a football game, the screen starts getting digitized looking. You know what I'm saying? That's what hurts is. It doesn't move, it doesn't move well. Uh, that's the only type of TV I've ever had, so that's why it was partially why it wasn't super expensive, I guess, even though it's 4K and uh, Samsung and everything. I still appreciate it very much. That's the only 4K thing, and I actually bought this TV on the same day. There, this tree, excuse me, on the same day. There's a Thanksgiving turkey flashing on the screen in the commercial. Yeah, it, it, it is my favorite holiday. Uh, Thanksgiving number one, I guess you could say Christmas number two, even though Christmas is depressing because Christmas season's over. So it's kind of depressing. Uh, July 4th is way up there because it's summertime and all that. The only bad part is the freaking humidity and the mosquitoes. You could say uh, Memorial Day is very underrated because that's the beginning of summer. Oh, man. The fireflies are out and all, all that. Unfortunately, Purple Mafia is not a very active show during that time of year. So Thanksgiving and Christmas. Sorry for the rambling. Maybe you enjoyed that little reminiscing and stories and this and that. And just uh, thinking about the wonderful feelings of Thanksgiving and, uh, and Christmas season. Christmas season. Because Christmas is basically a month. The day is like the formality and the ending of it, quite frankly. <laughs> With that said, I'll shut up now. Uh, please do give a positive rating on iTunes or Stitcher. If you could, I'm not sure if Google Podcast offers that. They, they should. I don't know why, why they don't, but they should. But please do, do uh, a positive review for Pearl Mafia if you could. That would really help things a lot. Write what you like about the show. Maybe even write what you like improved. And, again, follow the uh, Twitter account at Purple Mafia Show. Follow Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show, which is where Mark Carlson and Mike Dale and all them are. I uh, can't thank you guys enough for interacting with me, even though it was a little quiet today. I don't know if another comment popped up. I don't think so. Nope, thank you guys so much. Even though it was quieter today, I kind of understand. With that said, happy Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you next week. Hopefully, I don't know, hopefully the Vikings uh, head in a better direction long term.